This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. The Holy Spirit continues to set hearts on fire with the love of Christ and inspire people to bring the good news to a world that is aching to hear it. Welcome to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. Now, here's your guide on this grand adventure, Catholic singer, songwriter, author, and speaker, Miriam Marston. And welcome back to Blazing the Trail here on Mater Day Radio. My name is Miriam Marston, and it's wonderful to be with you each week as we take a closer look at how the Holy Spirit is moving hearts and stirring up a culture of renewal in our church today. My guest this week is Emily Mentock, and in addition to serving as the Associate Director of Strategy for the Archdiocese of Detroit, she co-founded a project called Real Plus True, which was endorsed by the Holy See through the Pontifical Council for Promoting the New Evangelization. This ongoing project aims to help people get better acquainted with the Catholic Catechism. And if you're wondering, what is in this big book called the Catechism? Don't worry, you're not alone. It's got 2,865 paragraphs. And that number could be daunting, but really, this is a text that is exceedingly well-designed and laid out, and Emily will get into some of that. But to get us started, I thought we would hear the first and last sentences of the Catechism, as well as a brief word from Pope St. John Paul II, who helped put together this Catechism 30 years ago. And how does the Catechism of the Catholic Church begin? With these words in the very first paragraph. God, infinitely perfect and blessed in Himself, in a plan of sheer goodness, freely created man to make Him share in His own blessed life. For this reason, at every time and in every place, God draws close to man. He calls man to seek Him, to know Him, to love Him with all His strength. He calls together all men, scattered and divided by sin, into the unity of His family, the Church." To accomplish this, when the fullness of time had come, God sent His Son as Redeemer and Savior. In His Son and through Him, He invites men to become, in the Holy Spirit, His adopted children and thus heirs of His blessed life. Now that's just one paragraph, and I feel like so much is already communicated there. And this is why we need resources like Real Plus True to help us unpack the treasures found in this text. And now the last phrase of the Catechism um, follows an explanation of the Lord's Prayer and the seven petitions contained in that prayer. And so we read, By the final Amen, we express our fiat concerning the seven petitions, so be it. So this beautiful and comprehensive text ends with a resounding Amen, so be it, we believe. And it's not just an academic or intellectual assent to this document, it's a response of faith and trust. And what does Pope St. John Paul II have to say about this resource? Does he say that we should let it collect dust on a shelf? Definitely not. He writes, It is a statement of the Church's faith and of Catholic doctrine, attested to or illumined by sacred scripture, the apostolic tradition, and the Church's magisterium. 
I declare it to be a sure norm for teaching the faith and thus a valid and legitimate instrument for ecclesial communion. May it serve the renewal to which the Holy Spirit ceaselessly calls the Church of God, the body of Christ, on her pilgrimage to the undiminished light of the kingdom. Now, I don't know about you, but that is something that I would want to be reading closely and carefully. So with that, please enjoy my conversation with Emily as she shares her own insights into social media and the catechism. And I'll be back with a few words after the interview. I'm delighted to be joined by Emily Mentok, who is the co-founder of Real Plus True and also serves as the Associate Director of Strategy for the Archdiocese of Detroit. Emily, thanks so much for being on the show. How are you today? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing really wonderfully. Thank you. It's just a, a just a privilege. Uh, we talked a little bit uh, offline before we started recording, and I said just how great it is to be able to speak with people all over the country. And um, so we come to Detroit now. Uh, I'm guessing you're in Detroit. Is that correct? Yes, I live with my husband in downtown Detroit, and we moved here uh, in August 2020 during the pandemic. Where'd you move from? Was it uh, from South Bend, Indiana? That's where we both okay. grew up, and we were living there. Awesome. Well, Emily, I look forward to hearing more about your current work in the church and how it connects to evangelization. Um, I'm going to suspect, however, that you didn't jump into this kind of work uh, spontaneously one day, but rather it was probably the fruit of what God uh, was already doing in your life over a period of time. Could you share a bit about that, um, about how the gospel was shared with you and how the church figured into your own life? Yeah, that's such a great way to put it, too, uh, to look back at the ways God had already been working mm -hmm. um, to then find myself where I am today. So um, I was raised Catholic. I went to Catholic school my whole life, all the way through college. I went to the University awesome. of Notre Dame for college. Um, but after um, high school, basically after ha I had to stop, I stopped studying my faith sort of as a uh, class in school. Um, I really fell away from it. I stopped practicing my faith mm -hmm. in college and in my first yeah. uh, few years after college as well. Um, but at the time I actually got into social media. That was how, how my career started. I was an oh. English major, but at the time in 2014, social media was like sort of an emerging job title. Uh, and I got my start uh, doing social media first um, in the sports world and then for mm -hmm. a women's magazine called Verily. Um, it actually uh, founded by all Catholic women, but it's a, yeah. was a secular publication. Um, and, uh, but I was very involved and very passionate about social media and the sort of potential that I saw that it could have um, for the world. And then actually through social media that God chose, kind of planted those seeds that called me back to the faith. So someone who I follow, I don't even remember who it was uh, now these days, um, but someone on Twitter uh, shared a Bishop Barron video like back in the day when he was still like yeah. Father Barron. And it was, I remember clicking on it because I was intrigued because it was like about baseball and Jesus. And I was like, okay, that's kind of interesting. Um, and I watched it. And then of course, you know, the YouTube algorithm then fed yeah. me a few more videos and I kept watching and my curiosity was just peaked. And so that sort of began my exploration of Catholic content, sort of in those peak bloggy, early yeah. YouTube creator years, um, a lot from Bishop Barron and his podcast, but also other creators who are out there just doing their own thing, um, including uh, my friend Edmund Mitchell, who was doing kind of a fun blog around the catechism at the time. Mm -hmm. um, and then because of uh, like the way 
Now, I I don't think that every single piece of content that's about Jesus is going to convert the whole world, but there you never know those moments that are going to happen. And because of all that content that I was consuming, I was inspired and sort of grace worked through that to then lead me to go back to church and back to confession. Um, and then a few months after sort of recommitting to my faith and encountering Jesus um, in, in the Eucharist, uh, I was listening to another Bishop Aaron podcast, and in that podcast, he was asked by um, his co-host, you know, what would you say, Bishop, to people who maybe feel like they're called to this work? Maybe people who are have like feeling like they want to do something to help, and maybe God's calling them to that. And um, what Bishop Aaron said in response, I felt like he was saying right to me, right? Yeah. He was just like, you know, if, if you really think you're being called, like this could be God working in your heart. And I I invite you to seriously pray about like, are, are, should you give your whole life to this? And I felt so inspired. Um, it was like that sort of like make haste once you receive that call to mission and you go and make haste to do it. So I was immediately like, how do I go and work for the church? And I committed then that I wanted to spend the rest of my career from the, the social media and digital content skills mm -hmm. that I already had. And I wanted to do that for the church. So uh, that is sort of where my conversion was. You're right. That the God had already been working in my life to get me that start in my career. And now uh, my whole career and, and side hustle and day job is all about uh, sort of evangelizing through the digital content. Continent. Wow. Social media for the win. You can't say that too often. I know, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That is that is awesome. So Emily, walk walk us through how then this is kind of translated into your current work. I would love, first of all, to if we could introduce um, our listeners to Real Plus True and how that kind of evolved. Could you share a bit about this? It, could I call it an apostolate? Is that the right word or... Um, yeah, you know, it's, it's so Real Plus True is a project of our Sunday visitor. So they're a publisher. They're, um, I think, the largest Catholic publisher in the world. They're a leader, especially in catechetical resources. And what Real Plus True is, is a um, very innovative uh, digital project around the catechism where we make animated videos in four languages to bring the catechism to life for the modern world, really unlock the catechism. Because I grew up, uh, like I mentioned, sort of in my Catholic school years, uh, studying the catechism right. like a textbook. And that's fine. It's important. But also, that's not what the catechism is. It really is this like living voice. It's a beautiful gift from our faith. And so um, we create beautiful, relevant, watchable videos to bring the catechism to life for the modern world. And they're all available for free through the generosity of our Sunday visitor. Um, they pay it, pay for the project and let it be out there for the world. Um, my story sort of connects to that because um, like I mentioned, I had this sort of conviction and commitment that this is what I'm called to do with my life. I received the greatest gift of my life, which is my faith through the, like God could have called me back from in, in any number of ways, but he chose sort of like social media and digital media as the way. And I believe that he wants to do that for others. This is the world um, that we live in. And so during the pandemic, um, some friends and I, uh, Edmundo Reyes and Edmund Mitchell, we were both sort of, we were all sort of um, feelings like something on our hearts, like, you know, that restlessness on your heart when you get a new idea um, that we wanted to do something around the catechism to bring it to life. Just this, we've, we've all been inspired in different ways about how um, the catechism has this sort of untapped potential for what it can do for the church if people would just 
kind of realized that. Um, and so we uh, all met in Dallas and sort of had this like amazing whiteboard session where we all brought something to the table. And at the end of that, um, we had the idea for Real Plus True. Um, so we're on uh, now uh, a little over a year into a four-year project to create videos um, to cover the entire catechism, bringing it to life um, and really to unlock it for people. That is awesome. Uh, for those who are just tuning in, I am uh, speaking with Emily Mentock, who is the co-founder of Real Plus True and the Associate Director of Strategy for the Archdiocese of Detroit. Um, Real Plus True, why why the name? Yeah, that's a great question. So we... So tactically, you know, right, mm -hmm. we didn't want to call it just the catechism project because our goal right. is to reach people who would otherwise like not engage with the catechism. Yeah. So we wanted mm -hmm. to get creative. And and so what was even like kind of more accurate about the project than calling it, you know, the catechism project um, was that we want people to encounter um, the real and true God. We wanted mm -hmm. people to see that uh, like in Jesus, like God is real, like he's a real person in Jesus and that that person can have a real relationship with you. And that also our faith is truth. Um, we didn't want people to think of the catechism as just sort of like a, a rule book or a, play, a thing to sort of be memorized, but we want them to encounter truth at a higher level. Um, God is truth. And so we wanted people to be able to both be a little bit intrigued by the name, um, but also discover the real and true God through um, hopefully some of the content that we create. Love it. Now, when you've been envisioning this, and I know you're, you said you're about a year and a half into a four-year project. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. So yes. Um, are you hoping this is something that individuals would use? Maybe it's used in parishes or on a, on a campus, a high school. What's your kind of key audience, if you can kind of pick a few? Yeah. So our audience, we say, is digital natives. Um okay. Uh, it's not for children. It's not a children's resource, even though they are uh, a lot of animated videos. It's a primary um, animated project. The reason for that is that we also wanted to be true to the universal nature of the catechism that we have. Mm -hmm. um, it's for the global church. So the project launched in four languages, English, Spanish, French, and Portuguese. Um, and we hope to be expanding to at least two more languages next awesome. year as well. Um, and, uh, so we say digital natives, not children. So anywhere between, you know, high schoolers, uh, mm -hmm. to even people in like up to 40 or so. Um, and they, the content is created, um, with a curi faith curious audience in mind. So I'm not sure okay. if your, um, audience here is familiar with, um, Sherry Waddell's sort of pathways of intentional mm -hmm. discipleship, but she outlines, um, sort of this really, uh, innovative way to look at what is the steps that people, what are the phases people go through before yeah. they have an encounter with Jesus? I like I shared in my own story, I had this sort of like exploration phase before I actually had my own encounter with Jesus as, right. as a person and had a personal relationship. And um, she puts those steps into two categories of um, passive and active, basically moving from being curious to open. And so we see our project as really... Um, being able to, uh, what we would define as success for someone who encounters this content is that they go from just curious about the faith, curious about questions about life that maybe our faith has answers to, to then hopefully yeah. after they encounter the content and start to get a little more familiar with what our faith actually teaches and has yeah. in the catechism, that then they'll start to see it as more relevant to their life and be open to actually applying it to their life yeah. as well. Um, 
how I, so that's all the content is created with that audience in mind. But of course, some of our earliest uh, adopters have been catechists who have seen right. what we're doing and <laughs> are excited about it and have been using that in their classrooms. So we've received feedback from people all over the world. Literally a youth group in Romania sent us a wow. photo of using the uh, videos in their class, a teacher in Costa Rica, um, a, a dad in Chicago who shared it with his high school sons. Um, so uh, th it's created with that more curious audience in mind, but a lot of the people who have caught on uh, early on have been actual catechists. Yeah, myself included. I will literally yeah. be using one of the videos this evening um, with oh my, my RCIA gosh, group. That. Yeah. So with that curiosity, um, because the catechumens are preparing for baptism. So I feel like the videos, the content um, does speak to that group really well. Um, Emily, you're probably spending a fair amount of time swimming in the catechism these days. Is there a part that you find yourself revisiting time and again that just calls to your heart? It's a big book. There's there's a lot there, but anything that you're you kind of go back to pretty consistently? Yeah, that's that's a really great question. There's so many. I think from every section of the catechism mm -hmm. that we cover, there's so many pieces um, that stand out to me. But part of the inspiration for the project that I go back to often is there's a line in paragraph eight where mm -hmm. um it talks about that periods of renewal of the church are also intense periods of catechesis. Um, and I, that's the catechism being like a little self-referential, right? A little like self-fulfilling yeah. prophecy. But I love that because I don't think that there's anyone in the world right now who wouldn't say that our church is in need of renewal, just at the the turn of the age. It's not all for, for bad things. Um, it's But I think that we want our church to be renewed. We want our church to stay um, relevant and on mission in in the world that we live in today. And we know when you look back at church history that that is going to come with times of catechesis too. And so I feel for the past, you know, throughout my lifetime, there has been a really heavy focus on evangelization in the church. Even um, what Bishop Barron was preaching in my own conversion was very heavy on evangelization, but yeah. catech evangelizing catechesis is just like that key next step. And I, I see this everywhere. I see sort of like the signs of the role that the catechism can play, even um, how uh, like first father Mike Schmitz did the Bible in the year because Pope yeah. Francis created Word of God Sunday and there was all these resources around the Bible. And now uh, next year, there's going to be all these people doing catechism yeah. in a year. And that just makes me excited, right? Awesome. So um, when I have, you know, those those moments where, you know, things get tough, right? I, I just remind myself that, hey, I believe that what the catechism says is true. And the catechism says that uh, these times of catechesis are going to lead to renewal for, for the people in our church. And then hopefully, you know, a church as a whole. Oh, for sure. And I, my goodness, seeing, I've seen a lot of excitement building up around this uh, catechism in a year that Father Mike Schmitz will be leading. Um, I'm part of a, a Facebook group um, uh, around the catechism in a year. And there have been so many who went through the Bible in a year, um, but a number of people who aren't Catholic. And so I've seen questions like, can I do this? I'm not a Catholic. And I'm thinking, yes, you absolutely can do this. And what a way then to evangelize and reach those who might otherwise have not been introduced to um, the beautiful um, uh, things that the Catholic Church teaches and professes to be true and real. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, what happens there. And it's kind of, I imagine, affirming for your own work in this area to see this energy and this momentum building up around the catechism. So that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think people don't realize how like fresh, especially in church perspective, Mm -hmm. uh, the catechism that we have for the church is. It was only um, in October did we celebrate the 30th anniversary of the catechism publishing that there's so much more that we can be that can be done with it. And if you and so I think that um, we really feel the Holy Spirit moving for for our project and the way people are responding to the videos. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we can see that spread throughout the church in a variety of ways as well. That's awesome. And I, 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 um, I wanted to mention too, cause the, the way that the project is sort of laid out, there are different units to each or like different parts to each unit, if I'm remembering correctly. Yeah. And I like that because it's not just video content. Do you want to say a little bit about how it's um, formatted, Emily? Yeah, I definitely. So, um, we have in each unit, um, there's two main videos and then additional content, right? That can, that goes to support it. So in every unit, and we, we use the word unit, it's kind of, it's, it's a made up structure, but yeah. we divided, um, there's four pillars of the catechism mm-hmm. and we divided each pillar of the catechism into 12 units so that you're covering an entire pillar throughout the course of a year. And so we completed pillar one, which covers the entire creed, the profession of faith uh, in the catechism, um, which is a great resource for, yeah, for RCAA and people, um, doing things like that. Um, and then within the unit, we, you know, one of the things that we found, we didn't want to just do a video library where we're reading the text of the catechism and animate it. We wanted it to be very effective and sound catechesis. And so, um, Within each unit, there's two videos, the proclamation and the explanation. Mm -hmm. The reason the proclamation video is important is because we want to introduce uh, the concept that the explanation video is going to answer. We want the goal for the proclamation video is that by the end of the video, you're asking questions about life. That we know the catechism has the answer to, that we our faith has the answer to, whether it's about, you know, why was I created or why does why does God want a personal relationship with me or um, who is the Holy Spirit or things like that. Um, we wanted to first introduce that concept in a way that speaks to um, like uh, like real world truths as well. Our faith yeah. isn't just blind faith. It's a reasonable faith. The catechism outlines this very clearly. Yeah. Um, and so we wanted to point to things like universal human experiences, like why do people take selfies um, right. or scientific things, right? Um, or just sort of like trends that are going on right now. Like why is there, why is it such a booming industry, this genetic, that people are doing genetic testing to find out where they came from. And then the explanation video really says, okay, this is what the cat, this is what our faith teaches in answer to that. And we use the catechism as a direct source text for those scripts. Um, And then we also do, yeah, fun social media content. We do a podcast that goes a little bit more um, behind the scenes for each unit and the creative process. That's been really um, engaging for our catechists who want to take the videos and do more with them. Um, We always say that we want to create content that the most innovative catechists in the world will be excited to use because it's not a curriculum. Um, It's really meant to just be a resource that any one video you watch could stand on its own. But also if you took a step back and look at the whole thing, you would really see how it fits together. Yeah, awesome. Now we've been talking about this and listeners might want to um, go and look it up for themselves. Where might they uh, learn more, Emily? 
Yeah. So the best place is to find us um, our, on our website, realtrue.org. Um, or you can find us on literally like every social media channel, um, <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok uh, at real plus true. Um, awesome. So that's the best place. And then we, uh, on the website, if you're also looking for uh, uh, the resources in other languages, uh, French, Portuguese, and Spanish, um, you can li- find those linked on the website as well. Awesome. Emily, we got a couple minutes left and I always love to ask my guests, uh, could you leave us with just a a note of encouragement or just a word of hope for our listeners today? Oh, that's great. Uh, Well, we are in the the season of Advent, at least at the time of recording, um, which is such a hopeful season. Um, One thing that I've been really inspired by is where Advent overlaps with um, the how, what we're doing here in the U.S. for the National Eucharistic yeah. Revival, and this idea that we're really preparing our hearts to receive Christ to come um, to us at Christmas, but also um, being very mindful of that we can uh, prepare to receive Christ in the Eucharist and go and encounter Him in the Eucharist, either in adoration or at Mass. So yeah. that's been what's on my my heart during this season, um, and hopefully that can inspire some others as well. Oh, I hope so. How can we not be inspired by Advent, by Christmas, and of course, the Eucharist? Emily, thank you so much for your time today. I just ask that God continue to bless you and the good work you're doing to build up the kingdom. Thank you so much for having me. God bless. God bless you. Near the start of our interview, Emily mentioned that the seeds for her work in the church were planted in her earlier years of exploring and working in social media. And I thought I would pick up with that theme and wrap up this episode with some words from a 2019 letter by Pope Francis released on World Communications Day. And I particularly liked how this one connected with Emily's mention of the Eucharistic revival at the end of our conversation. So Pope Francis writes, Our life becomes more human insofar as its nature becomes less individual and more personal. We see this authentic path of becoming more human in one who moves from being an individual who perceives the other as a rival to a person who recognizes others as traveling companions. If a church community coordinates its activity through the internet and then celebrates the Eucharist together, then it is a resource. If the net becomes an opportunity to share stories and experiences of beauty or suffering that are physically distant from us in order to pray together and together seek out the good to rediscover what unites us, then it is a resource. We can, in this way, move from diagnosis to treatment, opening the way for dialogue, for encounter, for smiles and expressions of tenderness. This is the network we want, a network created not to entrap but to liberate, to protect a communion of people who are free. The Church herself is a network woven together by Eucharistic communion, where unity is based not on likes, but on the truth, on the Amen, by which each one clings to the body of Christ and welcomes others. Again, that is from a 2019 letter by Pope Francis, and in the rest of that letter, he does address some of the pitfalls of the internet. Um, I think we might be familiar with some of what he's talking about there. And if indeed you find yourself caught up in the noise and agitation of media and news stories, maybe consider the words from St. Paul's letter to the Philippians. Have no anxiety at all, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. 
Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. So, my friends, I hope you have some time this week to think about these things. And I hope you'll join me next week as we continue to blaze a trail of faith here in the Pacific Northwest. Until then, stay well and stay close to Christ. God bless you all. You've been listening to Blazing the Trail, a weekly show dedicated to the church's mission of evangelization. For more information on Miriam Marston and her work, plus an archive of our past shows, visit us online at matradayradio.com or download the Hail Mary Media app. Blazing the Trail is produced at the studios of Matraday Radio in Portland, Oregon. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through MaterDayRadio.com or the Hail Mary media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.